Welcome in everybody to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. If you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Helps get the show out there. Share this with your friends. Wherever you found it, whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, anywhere. I think Stitcher doesn't exist anymore. Anyway, uh, find us wherever you find podcast content. Follow us on social media at LonghornPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and threads, the Longhorn Republic. Or shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. My name is Gerald Goodridge. I'm a host this week like I am every week. And I'm joined by a man who's number 12 in the coaches poll, but number one in your hearts, Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you? I like that. I, I always remember Deion Sanders, I think, said that the first time. Uh, he was always number 21, two in your playbooks, one in your heart. Um, Gerald, Texas, uh, the top of the new swollen uh, Big 12. Uh, the the top-ranked team at number 12, TCU at 16, uh, Kansas State at 17, OU at 19, Tech at uh, 24, and just for reference, um, Texas A&M uh, at 25, uh, for whatever reason, uh, made their way in there, but behind all of those other Texas schools. Um, yeah, Texas uh, getting ranked is uh, is an annual tradition. This year feels feels warranted. We've, we've been doing some of our previews. We'll continue that this week. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's when they're ranking teams, that means football is, is near. Right around the proverbial quarter. Yeah, we've got it. We're wrapping up. We're, we're moving toward the end of our season previews. We have uh, our friends from the Between Two Bears uh, pod on. Unfortunately, Baylor not ranked yet. They, they I mean, they got a shot to climb up there. They've got a schedule that I think may allow for it. But Between Two Bears are previewing Baylor to wrap up our conference previews. We'll do our non-conference over the next three weeks as we lead up to the season. If you haven't gone through and listened, check them out. We've had some really great interviews over the last, uh, which feels weird to say, nine weeks of previews uh we'll also close the show out with some down the 40 and some bang the drum so we are 25 days away from kickoff you can smell it taste it the high schools are now on the field that's when it really starts feeling real to me is when the high schoolers get out there because you know the colleges start early but we are wrapping up we're four weeks left of our pre i guess three weeks after this left of our preview series we are in the first big 12 game of the year which means we have the distinct pleasure of having not one not two probably technically four bears on this podcast we have matt and evan from the between two bears podcast so that if you've ever seen kyle and i you know you get the rest of that joke fellas how are you doing today good the energy is great in here i'm loving this this is fun uh matt matt and i just recorded ourselves so i feel like we're in a good groove you know mm. we're already warmed up and ready to party we we got all of our practice reps in on our show that, right so we could be good for this show that's, that's real like that was an actual discussion yeah that we, had we almost didn't we record we almost did and i was like we have to because we're in an hour we're back here and and apparently these are the professionals that's a, that tells you the standard of our business right now, now what? Gerald, gerald and i are viewed as the uh as the the god tier that you have to practice for that's really something mm. uh, well, that's absolutely correct i thought for a second you were calling us professionals oh, and evan, like, nope. evan evan literally said earlier today if it feels like work we shouldn't do it yeah and i said no you're that's probably accurate. the funniest thing about that so this is taking it back so we I had in my sports journalism, like one class that we took at Texas because that program has come a long way. I asked somebody about like, what do you do on the days it feels like work? And he said, if it feels like work, you should quit. Like it just brought, that was a full circle moment for me. Like, I appreciate you bringing that back up. Evan. We have told each other for about a year now. We record on Tuesday night today. I can't remember the last 35% of the time. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Sometimes we don't even text each other. We, we just know that it's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. So uh, let's let's dive in because I know we've got uh, Evan's got a soccer game at night because he doesn't have kids yet. So we'll go ahead and keep this thing. Um, <laughs> That's honestly exactly why I have a soccer game at <laughs> I love it. So it, I just want to start here. Like it's been an absolutely insane like 72 hours. I think maybe stretch that a little bit for, for like the big 12, right? Um, uh. Brought in Colorado last week and then brought in like the remnants of the Pac-12 of Arizona State taking shots about not going to Morgantown and all sorts of <laughs> weird things. But like just as two of like the OG now, like Big 12 members, Baylor's been there from jump. But like, how are y'all feeling? Like, what's it been like for you this whole like maybe even the last two years? Like, what's this whole process been like for y'all? I'll go first, Matt, because it feels awesome. <laughs> I know I know a lot of people don't know this, but now that you know, now that the conference realignment reschedule is happening. 
no one has more football Big 12 titles than your Baylor Bears, you know, <laughs> and no one has more basketball titles than them either. So wow. the grass is green. The grass has become a lot greener these days on my side of things. I can't speak for Matt. Most of the time you can speak for me, although <laughs> you just you just hit all the aggressive parts way earlier yeah. than I do. I have to get ramped up to get there nowadays. <laughs> mm. So like BYU and Cincinnati and UCF um, kind of feel like BYU feels kind of natural to join. Cincinnati is weird and I, I just don't know a ton about them yet from a, like a fan institutional knowledge perspective, right? So I don't know a ton about Cincinnati, but it doesn't feel unnatural. UCF feels weird, but there's a little history between. So like that feels familiar, I guess. And then Houston, even though I despise their fans for the most part, not even their fans, I despise their football program for the most part. Again, I I have no issue with their fans, but like that feels natural, right? Like they feel like a big 12 team that we are lined up perfectly to have a good rivalry with. For us. When you look at the new, the other four, because we've added eight apparently, <laughs> um, you look at the other four, like Arizona and Arizona State, Mwah. I think that's the I think that's perfect. I yeah, think it come fits on. in. Water's fine. Two fan bases that you can give a quick dap up to and just be like, you know, <laughs> we're not friends, friends, but you're here and basketball we're will at be the good same and... party. Don't talk to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's how I feel. No issues with you, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then the uh Colorado piece, of course, feels completely natural, right? The Utah thing. I, my brain still doesn't know how to process the Utah thing, especially with them being on our schedule this year. It's going to take a couple more therapy sessions for me to understand really how I feel about that, mm. but we'll get there. We'll get, there. I, I think, think I'm going to dislike them, but I'm not sure. I think they're the only, uh, they're the only team I would say on our, you know, it sounds silly saying, but in 2023, they're the only team kind of like in the same tier as Baylor that's joining in. You know, they've won back-to-back conference championships. Only like five schools have done that in the last decade. We're one of them. So, you know, they're the only school that scares me long-term. I, I won't say short-term because, you know, I feel like we're, everyone's pretty evenly matched this year for the most part. But like long-term, they're going to be a problem. I'm not so sure any of those other schools are going to be a thorn in football like for a decade or so. But I feel like Utah probably will. It's it's interesting that that the the religious institution of Baylor welcomed with open arms BYU, but the Utah school, the I guess in theory secular university of that state. I don't know if there's any parallels to be drawn from that whatsoever. I don't know. We can we can. I just well, like BYU, that the BYU. Utah, some of their tricks. Yeah, they're freaky over there. I like them. <laughs> they're they're weird and freaky, and they're but they're nice to everybody um, on the outside. They are. They and, are. A, yeah, a, I a think school full of loopholes, and I, I appreciate that. A <laughs> school full of loopholes. That mm-hmm. is not something I probably should have repeated back to you because it sounded <laughs> like I fully endorsed it. <laughs> but it, it is an interesting point that you just made that I'd have no opinion on. <laughs> That's fair. So I do have a question. If some were calling the uh, the Kirk Cameron Smash series left behind, the Big 12 when Texas and OU uh, left, the left behind conference but now it is very clearly some amalgamation of just interesting pieces as you just uh listed off if you had to pick a movie franchise and it doesn't have to be a uh christian driven movie franchise as left behind was uh to name the new big 12 after texas and ou leave and and these new teams come in what what might you what might you name that matt have you i okay the first thing that popped into my mind uh, at, as an adult, was uh, the Power Rangers series, mm. both TV shows and movies, because Who's every time news, every time uh, Bob be probably because yeah, he was a very ineffective villain. He stunk. Um, exactly, it just made everybody fall asleep. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but every time I think about Power Rangers, there's new ones. What, what the hell? There's always new ones. Why That's can't fair. we just go back to the Southwest Conference of Power Rangers yeah. and just enjoy that, right? Yeah. I think a couple years ago, they actually did have the ultimate crossover where all of the Power Rangers like showed up on screen and there was legitimately like 150 of them. It was yeah, it was I'm bizarre. Upset. Just yeah. hearing about it. I'm upset. I saw Power Rangers in theaters like recently. It came out in the last five or six years. Interesting. It was good. Yeah. It was yeah. good. Uh, so I don't know if 150 is the ultimate number for where the Big 12 gets to, but we shall keep an eye on that. But let's focus it a little bit 
on this year, this bloated big year of teams already here with more teams to come. Um, it's going to be an interesting year regardless. And it's year, let's call it four-ish of the Dave Aranda era. I think you can probably throw out the two and seven COVID season just because, you know, is an outlier for every team in the country, I think. Happy to. Otherwise, yeah, he's 12 and two, six and seven. Which of those is the more, you know, expectation level for Dave Aranda coming in? I'm going to throw two and seven out. So where are you on that scale? I think the, averaging yeah, about ahead. nine games a year is spot on personally, yeah. you know, yeah. if if you if you want me to shoot you straight, only because, you know, the Big Toes become a defensive league in a lot of ways. And if you have the best brain in a defensive room, you you should hold them to very few points. You know, our offense was about the same the last two years. And the big outlier is our defense. You know, we had a big drop off in the secondary. So I feel like. If if I'm paying you to coach a team that I love that's used to scoring 70 points and you're a defensive guy, you got to throw me a bone. You know, you got to start holding some people <laughs> to some to some lower point totals. Yes, I I think I'm along the same lines. And in that, um, within a game, maybe two, and then with the occasional ah shit, everything just kind of fell apart. Here, it would be acceptable. Um, but it kind of hinges on some unanswered questions from these newcomers. Can UCF get their stuff together under Malzahn? What is Cincinnati going to be? Um, like what does Houston want to be in terms of a football program? Like there's some questions out there that will alter that top third of the big 12 as we move along, like is Arizona going to continue the trend of getting slightly better each year until they get back to where they can be? Um, what is the whole coach prime thing going to be at college? <laughs> like yeah. a lot of really interesting questions, which not all of them will be answered in the affirmative for those schools. But uh, so I, I think if Baylor takes advantage of the opportunity that we have right here, like this should be top third of the conference just about every year. Right. Uh, top quarter would be my actual expectation. So kind of the yeah. same as it's been, right? Like that's kind of been Baylor standard for the last, I don't know, 12, 10, 12 years. Yes. If, if the, if things go the way of the rule era and the Randa era, the way it's been, I will be ecstatic. Yeah static right like, i don't mind a if, rebuild you know i know <laughs> i've been through hell brother i'll do it yeah exactly uh so this wasn't the next question that i run now but i'm going to ask it because because evan brought it up right like dave rand is a defensive guy right that's what they brought him in for that's what they brought him in to do two years ago defense was stellar kind of the reason why honestly baylor was really good last year the reason why Baylor wasn't as good was I think the defense, right? They were ranked hundred, like a hundred of the country in points per drive. Five of the seven losses gave up 30 points. Like that's not the standard that I think Dave Aranda has for himself or his team. So like they're losing, they lost a bunch of, you know, experienced guys. You've got two, I think that got drafted one that transferred one that graduated. So kind of some flux on that defense still, like mm -hmm. what have they done? What are they going to do? What have you seen from them trying to improve, you know, what Dave Aranda kind of wants to hang his hat on? Yeah, good question. Matt, jump in if I'm wrong, but um, <laughs> you know, I feel like the the few sound bites I've gotten when they've been able to, you know, pin Dave Rand and ask him this directly, uh, he kind of points back to the transfer portal and how he didn't really go fishing in it too much over the previous year and how he was like, These are my guys, we're in the system, we're doing it. Um, and how he was conflicted, you know, you when you take a transfer portal and there's there's a there's an opportunity cost, right? Like there's a, someone at that position that you don't think that you want to upgrade. Um, so I feel like what what he's been talking about, he's brought in some good dudes that he has um, already been impressed with. You know, that that position that Jalen Petrie played, the star position, we brought in a transfer specifically for that position. Um, I'm hoping it's more of a hired gun situation than it is a transfer portal uh, Hail Mary. But uh, I think that's how our season is going to go is like you said, like that's secondary. And if that star position specifically, we can get better at it because Dylan Doyle, who everyone loves at Baylor and was an incredible player for us. We just asked him to do a lot of things that Jalen Petrie also could do. And those two guys have a very different skill set on that field. So I'm interested to see specifically in how that position looks, because I think that's kind of where the defense will flow from. Rand is a smart guy. And I think he's a smart guy in a position that he is still getting used to, which, you know, that already a lot of success there. I think he's learning how to trust a coordinator, how to delegate to coordinators. I think he's learning how to, because he's just offloaded the offense to. Um, I'm not helping you, Matt. 
I'm not jumping in. Evan. I won't save you. Grimes. Grimes, thank you. <laughs> He's offloaded the offense uh, and apparently all of my brain power to Jeff Grimes. And uh, but the but the defense is I think he's looking to gather a group of coaches that are more in sync with how he coaches and what he is wanting to coach, right? So if you have an Aranda who is a specialty in in getting pressure with the defensive line and some weird mismatches uh, using those linebackers, then then you can have Pallage coming back in as previously co-defensive coordinator at Oregon, but also previously before that, safeties coach at Baylor with Aranda, you get some synergy there. You get some people you've worked with before, some 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 power there. And I think as he learns more how to lead from the head coaching spot rather than the coordinator spot, we'll, we'll see more consistency. Um, and that's why this is a big year for that. Yeah. Can't have three out of four stinky years. Won't allow it. I guess I might I might have to, but I hope I don't. Speaking of, of big in this year, though, I mean, you do have to replace maybe one of the biggest Baylor players in in recent history, defensive tackle who went in the third round. Um, and I mean, how do you slide your your line in? Not to get too technical, I know we like to have fun here, but from from that defensive front perspective, I know you have Gabe Hall and T.J. Franklin coming back, but how do you replace Sionica? I mean, just a large man, but a, a large presence as we saw all year watching Baylor. Nobody's talking about him, and I'm excited to. Jarrell Boykins transfer from Louisiana Tech slash Hutchinson Community College. Um, he's listed at 6'3", 317, which is only about like 7 or 10 pounds lighter than Siaki Ika. Um, and, and Ika, you know, NFL draft pick. I don't have a bad thing to say about him, but yeah, he, he was crazy. he was a run stopper of run stoppers. He yeah, he generated some pressure in the past game from that that nose tackle position, mm-hmm. but not a ton. I'm really curious to see what this kid can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wiggins, he's got the size. I I think he's going to be pretty solid. And then yeah, you just expect Gabe Hall to have the season that you wanted Gabe Hall to have last season. Mm-hmm. Um the defensive line was lauded like the, oh we have the best defensive line in the in the conference going to be the strength the country right exactly and the the numbers weren't there right tj franklin had some spots yeah um but it just didn't pop the way you wanted it to but you bring in maybe a reinvigorated gabe hall right um by the way indy kalu if you're a houston texans fan do yeah. anybody remember indy kalu his oh, yeah. son dk kalu at baylor um, that feels make, old when you say so. Oh, I remember oh, watching. I play. don't feel good about saying <laughs> it, but just thought that'd be interesting for fellow Texans fans. Um, but like Keen Roberts Day, like you, you have some some fresh blood in there on the line. But this this linebacking core, I think, will be a lot better in coverage, which allows them to do a lot more fun yeah. stuff that Aranda loves to do. Remember that LSU defense; their defensive line was good. Obviously, their entire team was great. But a lot of the way they got pressure was having some misaligned resources on the offensive line, right? Mm-hmm. You throw a double team where you don't need to or a, a double team where it's not really needed and you have just untouched pressure. And I think when we get back to that. It's time. Correct. Lord, I correct. tried. It is I really time. did. <laughs> it is time. It is time. Between between Texas offering Jermichael Finley's kid last year and Andy Kalu's son being on the Baylor roster, I'm having to confront mm-hmm. my own mortality in a way that I'm not really ready for. Yep. It's um, not fun. It's not not great at all. So um, let's let's shift to the offense real quick as we uh, close out like the serious part of this conversation. But it's year two of like the Blake Shapen era, right? Um, Richard Reese coming back, who kind of shocked the world, like a three star kid, almost went off for a thousand yards. Was like you know a couple of carries short of that, but like. Mm-hmm what's the step forward if the if the defense can't get it done like do they have enough firepower on the offense with shape and with reese with all those wide receivers coming back uh to to carry it while the defense figures it out like do you feel confident in that that's a good question evan does i i do i really think well until i learned we had a couple running backs leave our program i thought that our running backs were going to be the best in the conference. I mean, in the, in the conversation, right? So if you can run the ball, you can do damn near anything. But I, I do think, um, I do hope that our wide receiver room has grown the way the way time should pass there. Um, because I feel like a lot of the critiques around Shapin last year and over the summer, I don't want to call them lazy because they're definitely well-founded. He made some really stinky choices. But uh, 
quarterback play wasn't the problem to me last year. I thought there was a lot of things that the quarterback could have solved, but we, you don't get a generational quarterback every year, you know? So we gotta, we gotta give him some help. You know, we gotta catch balls. We gotta just fucking run the ball. If we would just run and the I'm, ball. <laughs> and I'm coming around to that. I, it's taken me a couple months, but I'm coming around to the idea that Blake Shapin is perfectly good enough. And I'm, I'm thinking that is the case. Now, Baylor social media team did post a picture of him today, presumably throwing on the run with maybe the worst footwork on his launch point that I've <laughs> ever seen. And that is like the one thing Baylor fans can identify and be like, no good. And, <laughs> and so hopefully that was just a weird trick throw or something. I don't know. Receiver room should stop. be exactly. He, oh my God. Heaven. I have to show you that picture. It looks exactly like the shortstop stop throwing the ball. <laughs> The, the receiver room should be better this year. You bring in a key trying Jackson from Arkansas. Armani Winfield should take a step forward now as a registered mm-hmm. freshman. He was a four star. Uh, Hal Presley. Hal Presley should now shift over into that kind of third spot that might be a little bit more comfortable for him. Jordan Neighbors has a year under his belt. Should be much better. But Monterey Baldwin, I think most importantly, yeah. was expected to be that number one last season. And he's just not like it's really hard to do that. At he's a five slot nine. guy. At he's five nine, it's real, exactly. So you move him to the slot, and it's it's a it's like a synergy is the word, right? I mean, I spent eight hours in a corporate office today, so maybe that's why I'm <laughs> saying it. But but Monterey Baldwin, like if you put him in the right position, he becomes a lot more electric, right? Yeah. Those end rounds become a little bit more interesting, um, and then this tight end room. I I get so excited thinking about this tight end room because. I, I really think it is an underutilized piece historically throughout Baylor offenses. But now Grimes is starting to bring them at Ben Sims hard to replicate. Yeah, but yeah, th- yeah. when you have a Drake Dabney or a Kelsey Johnson um, or the Jake, Ro- a Jake Roberts, a transfer from North Texas, um, along with Josh Cameron, who played tight end ish last season. Now the listen to the dude. receiver. I consider him a tight end. There's options like this white, this receiving, this pass catching, pass catching room should be formidable now. I don't know if it's going to be great, but it should give Blake Shape and more options than they gave him last season. Yeah. So, so all, all that <laughs> said, I, I just, I just heard, heard 12, 12 wins, wins right, right there, there for, for the Baylor, Baylor Bears. Bears. I, I, I mean, you that's said it like 15, maybe Kyle. Let's just yeah, 15 and L. Let's just indeed. Call it. Let's put it out there. Let's, let's put it. Uh, so that we can, you know, tweet certain takes exposed, hot or cold, uh, depending on the end of the year. Let's put it in verbal writing. Uh, each of you give us your your win prediction for 23, given you what know, we just talked about. <laughs> we showed up here in good faith. <laughs> <laughs> I think we win nine games this year, fellas. I'll I try to be nice. Nine mm-hmm. games. That feels nine. accurate right now. Unfortunately, Evan and I just did. Re- <laughs> we just did uh, our recording for the first half of the season. In which Evan um, did predict five and one. Um, but wait till you hear what the, Matt said. Wait till you hear what Matt half. said. It's not important what I said. Um, <laughs> the second half of the season becomes easier? Question mark. Yeah. With a couple of, uh, but it, really curious to see what happens in that Utah game in Waco. Of course, that Texas game in Waco is going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, we have eight so home I, games this year. Eight of them. So eight. So maybe who knows. Who knows? I really, I really think eight, eight is where I would be content. Nine is where I'd be happy um, because I think the pieces are there. I realized that the defense didn't look great last season. I realized that there's more change there, but if, if something's not great yeah, and it changes, it. I think that's better than it not changing personally. Yeah, so this guy got 10 wins better one time. I saw it. <laughs> exactly. So. That's very true. G- give me give me eight wins with my heart saying nine. Yeah. Okay. We we eight and a half is the is the median and mean here. I like it. There we yeah. go. We yep. we fully embrace a head heart disconnect on this uh on this podcast because that's how we look. also oh, a healthy minor. hedge. If you need to hedge, we also support uh-huh. that. That's totally. fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. last year we both predicted like eleven. So I feel like <laughs> I feel like we've got a little trauma resurfacing here, it's, knowing yeah. how recorded these podcasts can be. 
Maybe it's just <laughs> self-awareness, Evan. Maybe it is just self-awareness. Hope not. I hope <laughs> not. I also agree. I hope not. Oh, okay. So let's let's move on from this stuff because part of the reason why I bring you all on is because if you had never listened to their podcast, they're quite quite fun, quite enjoyable. Um, the segment that's been named something different every year. Now we're calling it the Hurry Up Offense. I think this year it's kind of become a meme that we just change the name Ooh. every year uh, for these random kind of off the cuff questions. So I'm gonna kick it off. Y'all are trying to hurry up and get Quinn out of here. Is what I'm trying. Oh, y'all trying to hurry up and get uh arched in, in there huh? uh, well no it, okay it's right. un it's unfair to for quinn to win two national titles so he'll win his and then arch will uh, come in and yes. win his you know how it goes you right? think yeah. he'll transfer to georgia <laughs> no <laughs> no <laughs> oh my god that was good that was good. okay so, I, <laughs> I, I don't know how to recover from that matt just rolled away from his desk it's incredible uh, uh i get him like that once every like three months <laughs> <laughs> the the arm flailing and, and ch- chair wheel squeaking was Matt, uh, Matt podcasting is, is a visual red. medium. Matt is somehow more red than when he showed up. Uh, so usually, usually he's not blurred, and the dog will politely excuse itself from the room. <laughs> yep. I love yep. it. Okay, so I'm going to kick this off. I was in, in I was in Indiana for work uh, a couple of weeks back, and someone said that going to Waco was on their bucket list. Which somebody that growing up in San Antonio, uh, I had never heard that before. Right? I grew up in I grew up in San Antonio. I was like, I, why? And then I remembered. Let's go. The the, the whole uh, Chip and Joanna thing. So I want I want to hear you all pitch Waco as a bucket list tourist oh. destination. I want to hear we, your pitches. We have an, an international fan base, so just make sure you're hey. really pitching. We have listeners around the world who may be flying to Waco, Texas. Well, listener, you are in luck. I, this used to be my job. I used to get paid to do this. Look, I bet you don't I know so, I so. There's a park in Waco. It's called Cameron Park. It is the second biggest park in a city in all of America behind Central Park in Manhattan. It's huge. There's a bamboo forest. There is a world-class Frisbee golf course on it. It's good. It's really the good. Park, the park is awesome. It is really good. Don't get in the water, but the park is great. <laughs> the park. Uh, what else we got? Um, Waco has the newest Power 5 football and basketball stadium. Both of them. We got them both. There you go. Uh, What else? I-35, construction, done. You can drive through town now. (laughs) You can just just leave whenever you want. Zoo. Uh, I'm going to go till Matt stops me. The zoo, Zoo. really good. good. Orangutan exhibit, world, literally world-class orangutan exhibit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we don't make them work at the strip clubs either. (laughs) They stay at the zoo. (laughs) They just stay there if they want, yeah. Which which of your coaches takes them home? Hmm. I don't oh. think we actually have that. I, honestly, set up if yet. you told me that a person at Baylor on the coaching staff had a capuchin monkey, it would be Dave Aranda, and I wouldn't even hesitate. <laughs> I wouldn't even See, hesitate. I was, I was going to say Scott Drew, like like yeah. secretly big big wildlife exotic wildlife guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I could see Dave Aranda with like a a capuchin monkey that has like a classy mm. name, like I like Einstein or something, and he has that's just like yeah. he, lives, he lives in the library with him, like that's Prometheus. What I see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that or like a parrot that he just recites like blitz packages to, so it'll like yep. fill his house with noise all day. <laughs> study. Yeah, I love that. Okay. So, uh, yeah, zoo is great. If you are, um, I don't even know how to characterize this kind of person. Like, mm. if you're a Disney adult, but you yes. don't want to spend Disney adult money, but right. you might, but but you might, might but you still might. Uh, you can go to the silos, and uh-huh. if if you're like really into. Oh uh, am I negging Waco? If you, if you're <laughs> if you're like really into standing in line, I don't like the silos at all. I really don't. I Have just... you been in the so context here, guys? I went to college when Magnolia was blowing up, and they're from Waco. I'm from Waco. Everyone knows everyone. They don't know me, but you know, I saw them have a store, and now it's this. And that silo, it used to stink. I'll shoot you straight. I used to work at a coffee truck in the back of it. It did stink. Now there's shade. There's a wiffle ball field. Oh, there's wait, all what? these vendors. Yeah, dude, it is. It's cool. I'm willing to I say retract. no. It I is retract. cool now. They've uh, they've taken over like six square blocks. But you get past the late stage capitalism of it all. It's a good time. Hey, we it got Gift Changs. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I love Waco. That. I love Waco because it's mine, right? Like, sure. Um, would I should would I try to convince somebody, uh, uh, 
from like Madison, Wisconsin to visit Waco if they had other options? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I would ask, are you going, have you been anywhere else? I would leave <laughs> yeah. with that. Yeah. Like, tell me where you've been. If I'll you're going you know to other sense. place, like if you're, if you're hitting Dallas yeah, um, and, and Austin and maybe Houston as well. Yeah. It's been a half day in Waco. Yeah. It'll be a blast. It'll add to your trip. Like if you're within 200 miles. Yeah. Your say. first European vacation isn't Bosnia and Herzegovina, but if you've seen some places, it's like, you know, it's, it's an underrated exactly. gem, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess the Bosnia. Uh, I have a Waco tattoo on my arm. Did you guys know that? You, did, you two definitely didn't. I do. I got it when I was 19. And would you believe it? Chip and Joanna bought the silos about a week and a half after I got it. Show like them the all, stupid tattoo. Almost, almost, imme- almost immediately after I got it, they, <laughs> they bought it's, the silos. Wow. Meant to be you, uh, big, yeah, big base TV fan over here. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a great transition into my next question. Cause you've talked about what Waco is now with the Gaines's uh, capital influx, uh, the capital gains, if you will. And, um, thank you. Uh, if, if there were another section, my wife went to Baylor and I, I, she would be mad at me if I can't name another bell meet. I don't know. Some other part of Waco that, that, that is going to be, bought transformed and uh created by another reality tv show what reality star would it be and you know what would they do i bet that reese witherspoon would start a private school in hewitt Mm, that's what i bet similar that's way better than anything my brain could come up yeah yeah I grew up in um, Hewitt. I know. I know Hewitt Drive like the back of my hand. Yeah, That's a do. Reese Witherspoon Ash retirement area. You can't Reese Witherspoon School for Underprivileged Kids. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a Jessica Simpson's one. got a house in town. Her parents do at least. There you go. Love it. Okay. I'm trying uh, to think of like uh, former athletes that would come back and like. I don't know. I mean, I, mean, it, it, I can't, it, I can't it could get also be some, idea. Yeah, I mean, that is the answer. If, if you don't have one, that's fine. But if it, it could also be someone who's just like Gerald's friend in Indianapolis, only seen Waco through the TV and decided, I'm going. Like, maybe Guy Fieri is just flipping through HTTP. There's a lot of that. Like, there is a lot of sight unseen Waco yeah, arrivers. Yeah. I could see, you know, uh, the area kind of uh, over past scruffs being flavor town you know like i don't know like <laughs> oh i want to see queer i do a makeover for um coach mateos the offensive line coach <laughs> that would be Gross fun because ass, i think Matt. i think he'd get into it I, no i think it'd be like a genuinely good show I, they'd I have think to go good. to fazoli's they'd have to go to fazoli's. they'd have to oh, go oh, to yeah. Fazoli's. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. i, I, d- I never jonathan don't Van cry Ness in fazoli's <laughs> that is that is now on my yeah. list jonathan Van yeah. Ness in a fazoli's yeah. So yeah. if if anyone can fix some of the problems in Waco, I trust that group of five yeah, with, yeah. with my city fully. I love it. I, I don't blame you. Okay, so I did some little research today, and on Open Doors, you can get Blake Shapin to record a custom oh, no. shout out video for the low price of fifty one dollars. So Matt, you didn't tell me what <laughs> would, other than your podcast, what would you want Blake Shapin to shout out for the low low price of fifty one dollars? Name who I was throwing to. That's what I get him to say. <laughs> I just have that on a loop every time someone cooks me. <laughs> uh, I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud, but unfortunately, one of my good buddies, Fankhauser, over from OurDailyBears.com and Our Daily Podcast, he, um, he, I'm sorry, this was actually uh, Ted, Ted Vid, uh, formerly who who made the. Uh, uh, all the hype videos during during the real upcoming for for Baylor football. He actually got uh, Jonathan Chamachachua to make a video addressed specifically to me saying that maybe if I tried really hard one day, I'd be able to dunk. <laughs> and uh, every day, John delivered it perfectly with just the right <laughs> amount of snark and uh, sarcasm. And it it hurt and made me laugh all at the same time. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so the possibility is definitely there, Evan. I was hoping you wouldn't find out about that. So, Gerald, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm upset go, about Gerald. that. Yeah. Matthew that's Meyer not... told me to log off a few summers ago. So Matt Meyer like did tell bucks. you to log off. He said it is not <laughs> I did. Evan I logged time. off for a month. I was like, you did? maybe there's something going on here. That's that's uh, you've come back stronger. Yeah. Um, so I have a, a game that we've played in the past, and I'll, I'll ask each of you, and your answers can be the same. That's fine. Um, 
because this is a family show, we call this bed, wet, or dead. But, but you can you can think of a bed, uh, wet, or dead. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, you can think of the uh, the more um, you know F rated uh, uh, or F word laden, laden uh, piece. Soak, marry, kill. That's, that's <laughs> so, so we. Uh-huh. Gerald had to yes, we, we had the BYU podcast. Gerald had to stop me from that, but I <laughs> it didn't happen. You don't want to so offend our new friends, Kyle. It. You learned so, this. So if they, but if the BYU fans are listening to this podcast, dang it, they they found me out. Um, so <laughs> bed, wet, or dead, and I will give you three options here, and you you uh, tell your your childhood answers. Oh yes, Jeff Dunham, Rand Paul, kill, oh, or kill. A- so kill, or Ann Richards. Oh, when? see, I've turned around on Ann Richards these last few years. She really kept Baylor in a good spot. Um, dead has got to be Rand Paul in this scenario. Mm, feel, it feels know? good. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. easy. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the hard part. I would mm-hmm. probably wed Ann Richards because mm-hmm. not for her. We'd be playing on Wednesdays, mm-hmm. I think. So that's fair. she's got it. And uh if I bet Jeff Dunham, I bet he's got a few tricks up his sleeves. Literally. If if the option, if it's <laughs> down to wed or dead and Jeff Dunham is the last option, I'm de- I'm deading myself. That's what's <laughs> happening. Okay? Missed opportunity. So if, if I can go Dunham dead, Paul dead, Richard's uh, bed and wed, then yeah, we're, hey, we're good. We're, we're all, we're, we're good. It's biblical, Matt. That's good on it's you. It's biblical. That's the yeah. out of the box thinking that we bring you all on here for really. And I that's appreciate what, that's that. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> so, that's what I'm here for. Last question. And what we'll let you guys dip. Um, we discovered pre-show thanks to Matt that, um, Baylor's fourth, fourth string quarterback, I believe <laughs> is named and let, let me make sure I get this right. Um, cause it is the most <laughs> Baylor name ever. Brayson McHenry, uh, which is again, it feels made up, but I, looked it up confirmed it's true so i want to know when when ncaa 2025 comes out next year and baylor fans are making their creative player what percentage will be named brayson or something similar that ends in an asin oh my gosh just the most chalkboard white woman ass chalkboard white exactly just the most silos name you've ever (laughs) every name a a a balloon laden gender reveal party each of them (laughs) A lot of Breckens. Oh, we are going to mm. have some Breckens. A lot of biblical names, too. You would be surprised sure. at the amount. I mean, you probably wouldn't, actually. But there are quite a few mm. of Jeremiah's just okay. strolling around campus. A lot oh, of Jays. Yeah. A ton of Jays walking Jays. around yeah. campus. That's, that was true when I was there, too. Yeah. Do you have a Dias? Mm-hmm. Three um, Johns. I need three Johns. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, John is different. Pretty classic. What was the question? <laughs> It doesn't matter at this point. We we moved. You on. answered it. it. You've answered it more even better than I anticipated. All right, so we've got we we've got a hard out for for Evan. Evan's got to go play soccer. So, fellas, if folks want more of what you've got to offer, where can they where can they find you on the internet? Uh, I, 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 Evan, I'll handle this one. Yeah, go, you got it, Matt. I saw on Twitter between two the the word not the number bears. Um, and, and that'll get you basically everything you need. Every new episode gets posted there. Um, we do have a Patreon that we're working on building up more content just for the people who really seem to not hate us more than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patreon.com slash Between Two Bears. Uh, but we're part of the Dave Campbell's uh, Republic Republican of Football, Football Network. Network. Thank you. Yes. Um, and uh, we're having a blast over there. A lot of good shows over there. And uh, we're, we're excited to be there. We we had a uh, we had Melissa Trebowasser from the the TCU show that's part of the Alt Network on a few weeks ago. Oh, the most enjoyable ball. TCU fans. She really knows of all ball. Time. She's, Top she's three amazing. people, I think. I would just go and put that out. She's incredible. But uh, it feels like the uh, looking through the uh, looking through the mirror, Squidward, uh, looking through the, the blind <laughs> Squidward meme uh, with you all <laughs> over there, at Dave Campbell's. But fellas, thank you so much uh, for hanging out with us tonight. We really appreciate it. Yes, thanks for having us. And maybe we'll come back after week four. I'll let you know. Okay. Yeah, I'll I was about to know. say, <laughs> talking to us after the Utah game will probably warrant a little bit more honesty and uh, and introspection. But, but we if we win it. that game, it won't be that way. We're, it's yeah. going to get weird. That's why we do this during fall camp, because hope abounds. If, there you go. There yeah. you go. Always great stuff to have the Bears uh, on the podcast, or I guess Matt and Evan, we don't have to call them the Bears, but uh, always great to have them on. But now brings us to the part of the show where we whip around the rest of campus and we down the 40 and we'll start with a little bit of sound from 
fall, I almost said spring, fall practice. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian spoke to the media today. Not a ton, a lot of coach speak. Uh, ducked a lot of the conference realignment questions and flat out said, basically, what does that have to do with me? Uh, which I really appreciate from Sark. Like, let's mm-hmm. just stay above the fray. Very, um, I, I'm not going to invoke the name I want to say, but a very... Um, studied we'll say based on his uh, his finishing school answer from mm. that but the the thing that jumped out to both Kyle and I especially a week after our defensive line preview it feels like perfect timing uh Sark called out four players from like the first chunk of practice two of them we mentioned a week ago Alfred Collins and Vernon Broughton both were named as kind of guys that stood out and then Jonte Cook and A.D. Mitchell which we did the wide receivers about three weeks ago. Go back and listen to that. It was a great episode. I will say so. But um, those are two groups that I think the, the defensive line is one that we have a lot of questions about. Um, it makes me feel good that that mm-hmm. two of the guys that stood out, I think are two guys that Texas really needs to have a level up uh, for 2023 to be what we need it to be. The line is so interesting. And we'll talk when we do our linebackers previews as well. Just, you know, the, what front Texas uses this year, if we see more three-man fronts than we've seen historically, um, you know, if we do four, who are, you know, could there be three big guys and an edge rusher? You know, what what are they looking at? We talked about it a little bit in our preview. Go back and listen to that. But they uh, Sark specifically called out Collins and said is the best practice he's had since he's been on campus. So you have to think he's done something there. Um, I believe it was that night practice they had a couple days ago um, to really uh, to in you know, a third year evoke that kind of um, praise from the head coach is a good sign. I think everyone would love and feel much better about the entire kind of trajectory of the team if Collins has a breakout year to go with, you know, the the, the big step up from the other dudes. Um, we talked about it. Defensive line is deep. But if you have Broughton, Collins, and uh, Murphy, Sweat, and then just throw Trill Carter in there, and who knows, you know, Sadir Mitchell is too big to not play. Texas may have the deepest defensive tackle uh, room in the country, right? Whether it, it tops out, we shall see. But those two guys uh, having an impact will be, a, you know, will be a very interesting wrinkle if they uh, really are, you know, stepping up. Uh, you're not; those other two guys aren't not playing, so you'll truly have four for sure that will be very active. But the receiver room, I mean, Sark said it. Like, why can't we have five guys in there all the time? You can't, uh, you can't double team all of them and stop the run, right? I think that's his philosophy. He's balanced. His balance is if you're loading up to stop our good running backs, we want guys who can beat you one-on-one at the receiver room. And A.D. Mitchell, they, they do it in different ways, right? A.D. Mitchell's the guy who's just going to go past you and win jump balls on the outside and, and make big plays. And Jonte Cook is the guy who's a little bit more like worthy, who can run uh, really fluid, run the whole route tree. And, you know, exciting that you're hearing him already because we know how much talent exists in front of him in that room. So if he's showing out like this, it's a good sign that, it, again, as Gerald and I always say, a freshman who plays uh, because you can't not play him, right? Not because you have to play him. That is a get-to play, not a have-to play. I guess it is almost a have-to play. He's so good you have to play him, but hmm. we'll, uh, right. we'll we'll have, we'll we'll be able to shift that vernacular hopefully in the next couple of years. But uh, we talked about the basketball coaches. We were uh, about 90 days out from basketball, which is also wild to say, but the staff mm-hmm. is firmly in place. Uh, we'll try to get through this quickly. Corey Schlesinger has been tabbed as the assistant coach and the director of basketball health and performance, a big fancy name. That means he's a strength and conditioning guy basically uh byron jones as a, an assistant coach and then nick matson is the director of basketball operations yeah jones and matson both worked with terry previously i think matson was both at utep um and texas western with him Correct. Uh, much, much better branding uh, and success in the basketball program. Uh, Byron Jones uh, worked, I think, seven seasons with him at Fresno himself as 25 years. He's, he's bringing a lot of experience to the staff. Uh, both of them have been around at some other schools. Um, Jones had a good stint at Troy. Uh, I think the, the interesting one is Schlesinger comes from Phoenix, where Phoenix has had um, some really innovative uh, kind of health uh methods in their their program over the past decade probably so brings um one of the better you know strength conditioning sports science medicine programs in the nba that pedigree to texas um excited to see what he uh brings to the group i've seen some of the early morning um workouts that they're posting on social media and it seems like uh he's he's whipping them into shape 
get them in to shape. Uh, last couple of things quickly. Volleyball and soccer both start in the seasons this weekend. The 2023-24 athletic season is upon us. Volleyball has the orange and white game this Saturday, while number 15, soccer. Uh, scrooges, the Island Aggies, the Sea Aggies, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi this Saturday before officially opening the season, keeping a nautical theme with Long Beach State next Thursday. And that brings us to the part of the show where we honor one of the best traditions in all of college athletics big bertha and we bang the drum brought to you by joe ruiz so kyle what are you banging the drum on this week gerald i I think it kind of went a little bit under the radar right we knew that we finished um behind stanford in the director's cup we we were watching that very closely one thing that didn't really get reported on and and i will take as much uh blame as anyone for this i think two weeks ago uh it came out officially that texas women actually uh, repeated as the women's Capital One Cup champions back-to-back years. And it was interesting. Uh, Florida won the men's side with 91 points. They scored a little bit differently than the Directors' Cup. Texas was was lower uh, at number 20 on the men's side with 37 points. Um, you know, they win their bowl game, and they probably jump up to, like, number 15. But that's neither here nor there. Um but on the women's cup side, in both cases, Stanford with second. But on the women's side, uh, both UT Stanford, the only teams that scored over 100 points was Texas women, Stanford women, North Carolina women. Uh, Florida had 91 points, as I said. So uh, if you want to win these 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 cups, if you want to win your school, these trophies, women's sports are what's driving it. Texas and Stanford have figured that out. North Carolina, all the way back to the days of Mia Hamm, uh, has had that figured out as well. Um, but one thing that I thought was interesting looking at it is, you know, we, we talked about it with the Directors' Cup. A lot of these schools, uh, Florida, Texas, uh, Georgia was number three on the men's side. Um, Oklahoma, LSU, top 10 on the women's side. Alabama, uh, 9 and 15. Uh, There's a lot of SEC in the other sports beyond just football. When we talk all the craziness of realignment, everyone uses the lens of football. And I get it. It's the revenue driver. I understand why that is the case. But uh, it makes for very interesting things in swimming, in tennis, in track. In, you know, men's and women's basketball, uh, your marks correctly said, you know, basketball is undervalued. And so basically the new Big 12 is building a basketball conference, which is an interesting way to look at it. But, um, you know, it does matter for these cups and for the overall health of your athletic program. All these other sports in realignment, it's going to make for really interesting and really wild matchups. Yeah, I mean, I, there is there are like two sides of that coin, right? As somebody who follows um, women's sports closely like you and I do, like it's it does suck for like an Oregon athlete to have to think about um, flying from, you know, Eugene to Piscataway, New Jersey for a midweek volleyball or a, you know, midweek for a volleyball game. It's like there are those things that are impacted. But when push comes to shove, like we decided in 1984 that um, we were going to do capitalism in college sports and football drives the ship and it is what it is. Like, I, do I agree with it wholeheartedly? No, but that's where we're at. And so this is kind of the reality uh, of the situation, which sucks, but you know, it kind of is what it is. And that's where we're at at this point. One quick rejoinder, Gerald, I did just pull up the full list um, and I kept scrolling and scrolling. The Texas A&M women's team came in uh, at 29th. Their men did not, uh, did not rank. They did not score uh, points. They are not in the top 100. Um, uh, their Yale at 0.5 points is 98th. Uh, there were not 100 schools that scored points. I want to remind you, Texas A&M men, not one of the top 100 uh, athletic programs, according to the Capital One Cup. Kyle just had to get an Aggie shot in there. By the way, Kyle takes the most Aggie shots, but when I make a Pac-12 joke about the Aggies getting mad about the Longhorn Network, people easily pick me out of the lineup. Apparently, that's <laughs> my brand. I'm making the drum this week on something similar because realignment is everywhere and everything currently, but um, there have been a lot of really terrible takes about alignment and I think a realignment and I think there are some really valid criticisms and, and you know worry about the state of college athletics as it is right now. Like, yes, there are weird things happening like USC and all those teams joining the pack, the, the big 10, right? And the pack, the pack 10 slash 12 is a historic, um, conference that, you know, fumbled its own bag and ended up obsolete because of it. They ended up, they, they pulled the blockbuster or a Blackberry twice and they're suffering for it. And it sucks for the state of college football and college athletics, but it kind of is what it is. But, um, there are just so many awful takes out there about blaming Texas and blaming the Longhorn network and blaming whoever, when, when, when push comes to shove in actuality, again, and I said it before, um, you know, we decided that 
college athletics was going to be capitalism. We did that almost 40 years ago now, be 40 years ago, 40 years ago next year that that was decided in the United States Supreme Court. Cough, cough, Oklahoma Sooners, cough, cough, uh, who also were stirring the drink on this move because the Big 12 continually screwed them on kickoff times and home scheduling. So like there is a lot of blame to go around here. Blaming one institution, blaming one university, blaming one network for all of this conference realignment stuff just shows that you really don't have your finger on the pulse and understand the full equation uh, equation of it. If there's anything or anyone to blame for this, it's ESPN and Fox, right? Let's just let's just put a name to it, right? Uh, the the broadcast networks that are injecting billions of dollars um, while coaches are making eight figures arguing against NIL deals, right? Like there are, a, there's a lot of blame to go around for the current state of college athletics. Do I love that the PAC 10, 12 is going away and that USC is playing in the big 10? No. Do I love that the ACC is probably the next one on the chopping block in Florida state and Clemson are bolting as quick as they can? No, I don't love it at all, but it's where we are at in college athletics. And we have to kind of get okay with it because if it's not going to go back to the way it was. It's honestly probably going to continue in this direction in a greater degree. But if it leads to the end of the NCAA as an institution, I might be okay with it. <laughs> Silver linings. Uh, interesting times, man. I, I I don't even know how I feel yet. Just as excited for something new, excited for the SEC. But it, yeah, the the regional uh, regionality of college football is what makes it the most unique, ridiculous, fun, entertaining sport. I hate to see it die. No one's looking forward to Oregon versus Rutgers. But again, Texas sliding over into the SEC, it's not, you know, I would much rather go to uh, LSU than, than you know, and no shot at them, but Morgantown, West Virginia. You know what I mean? It, it feels a little bit more of a natural fit for, for Texas. I'm not saying USC made the the natural fit choice. Um, some teams are just uh, getting their lifeboat off the Titanic, and and I understand. So, uh, hate to see it, but I'm going to choose to be an optimist. And that's all we've got for you this week, Kyle. Where can the good folks find you on the internet? Oh, you can follow me on all the socials media at Kyle Carpenter. You can also follow the Texas pregamer at. Texas pregamer. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram and Stitch and all those places at Longhorn Pod and Longhorn Republic. Facebook and Instagram again, the Longhorn Republic. Shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. We will be back on Thursday previewing the linebackers. And then next week, we will continue through our non conference, our, our schedule previews with our first non conference matchup against Wyoming. Thank you so much for tuning in again this weekend. Until next time, hook up. I enjoyed talking to Baylor people.